Um, if you have your Bibles, or there's Bibles in the views as well, uh, turn with me to Leviticus 16. And if you don't, please open your notes and let's read together a couple of things here. Um, so here we are. This is week 24. Um, we're almost shooting six months, and we are still in the middle of Leviticus. You know, this is awesome. I love it. Um, and we are talking about shadows of Golgotha. You know, I'm, I, I'm just thinking to myself, um, when we, uh, we're going through the Old Testament and we're trying to see the pictures of the cross in the Old Testament, I think the book of Leviticus will be one of the books that we can dwell on the most. Think about that. It's one of, like, Leviticus, I didn't even want to read it for years and years after I became a Christian because I thought this is too boring and I don't care about all the details and don't understand it anyways. So why I'm even wasting my time reading this? But this actually will end up one of the major books that we're going to stay in in a long time. And we see in so many shadows, so many pictures of the cross of Christ that happens years and years after. Amen? So I know some, some parts in God's word are difficult, but doesn't mean you skip it. You just need to study harder in it. Amen? So this is week 24, and we are arriving to Leviticus 16. Now, if you're a Christian, you need to know what is Leviticus 16. That is like one of the foundational chapters in the whole Bible. That is the day of atonement throughout the history of the children of Israel. Amen? That is the one day in the life of the children of Israel as a nation that the high priest was allowed to enter into the Holy of Holies. So this is big, 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 big events in the life of the nation of Israel. Amen? Amen. So let me just give you some background so you can follow me, and then we're going to uh, jump right in. Everyone, if you guys, if you have the notes, you have a diagram of uh, the tabernacle, right? We talked about this before, but I just want to recap so we know where we're going here today. So um, the tabernacle is pretty much the church that the Lord has commanded Moses in the Old Testament to build. And God gave specific instruction on the dimension and every part of this tabernacle is, is actually the literal vocal words of the Lord. Amen? Even the furniture, every piece of it is the, the way it's made, the material, the dimension, all are given by divine instructions. Amen? And I told you before, if God thinks it's important enough to, to spend 15 chapters in the Bible, give you instructions on how to build it, then that's an important thing for us to understand. Amen? So uh, the way the tabernacle is laid out is where you see the letter E, that's the east, and that's where the door is, the one door for the tabernacle. And once you get in, there is the yard. And the yard has two pieces of furniture. The first one called the altar of the burnt offering, and that's where they sacrifice most of their sacrifice. Well, all their sacrifices, pretty much. And then step number two, you see a brazen laver. That's where they have water and they wash their hands and their feet. And that's pretty much the yard. Amen? Now you go into the actual building. Now, the yard, anybody can be in the yard. Even average, you know, Jew, our average Israelite doesn't have to be a, a priest or a Levite. They can get inside that yard and they can offer sacrifices and they can be there. Now, once you get into the building, there is two rooms, the outer room and the inner room. The outer room called the holy place, right? 
has three pieces of furniture. From top to bottom, as you see it in the picture, the table of the showbread, the altar of incense, and the golden lamp stand. This is the three pieces of furniture in the holy place. And the holy place, if you remember, we talked about it in the sin offering, that after somebody commits a sin and they offer a sin offering, the priest takes the blood and he can go inside the holy place and sprinkle the blood, right? So the priest can get into the holy place as many times as in a day as he wants to offer the, the sacrifices, to sprinkle the blood, that's no problem. Amen? Amen? Remember in the New Testament, the father of John the Baptist, he was in the holy place, not the first chamber, not the second chamber, right? John's father was not the high priest, he was just a priest. And he was in the holy place serving God when the angel appeared to him. So a priest can go inside that holy place any day, no problem, right? And then there is that big, thick wall, it's a curtain, that separates the holy place from the inner room, the very inner room, which is called the Holy of Holies. Now, the Holy of Holies is, has one piece of furniture in it, that's just one, called the Ark of the Covenant. That's the only piece inside that Holy of Holies. The Ark of the Covenant is covered by something called, we talked about this multiple times before, called what? The mercy seat, exactly. And usually there is three pieces, three things inside that ark during the times of Moses. Anybody knows? You remember, we, we roughly mentioned that in the past. It has a, a jar that has the manna. It has the Ten Commandments. And it has Aaron's rod that budded. That's in, uh, in Leviticus as well. So that's the three items that are inside the ark of the covenant. Amen? Remember, the priest can get into the holy place anytime to offer, to sprinkle the blood of the sin offering to atone for any unintentional sin. We talked about that in the sin offering, right? It's only for unintentional sin. Now, now here's the deal for today. The Holy of Holies, the very inner room, only the high priest, not an average priest, the average priest cannot get in. Only the high priest can go into that room and how many days in the year? One day in the year, that is called the Day of Atonement, or in Hebrews, Yom Kippur. We'll talk about that in a minute. And only the high priest can get inside the Holy of Holies one, one day, one day in a year, so he can atone for the sin of the whole nation. Amen? So that's pretty much a, 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 an annual ritual that used to take place in the seventh month. We'll talk about that next week. In the seventh hour, the week after, seventh month, tenth day, that's when the high priests go inside the Holy of Holies one day a year to atone for the sin of the whole nation so that God can forget, forgive every sin that the children of Israel have committed throughout that year. Amen? Leviticus 16 is the chapter that this tells us the rituals and how the atonement is happened uh, on that day for the children of Israel for their sins. And that one chapter is pretty much foundational to about maybe five, six, seven chapters in the book of Hebrews. So if you don't know Leviticus 16, there's about five, six chapters in the book of Hebrews that you will not have the slightest clue what the author of Hebrew is talking about. Amen? So this is very, very, very important to understand, extremely foundational to our Christian faith, even in the New Testament. So we're going to dwell on that chapter maybe two or three weeks, and we're going to try to see how is that a picture and a type of of the cross of Christ. Amen? And I tell you, your minds will be blown away. Amen? Amen. 
So let's start. This is kind of like give you the background of where we at. Let's just start with um, the introduction. Again, that day, that day that is in Hebrew is called Yom. Yom in Hebrew means the word day. What is it in uh, New Language, Brother Emmanuel? Uh, day. Okay, in Arabic it's the same thing. Arabic and Hebrew the same thing. I speak Arabic, that's Yom is day. It's the same exact word. And then Kapoor is from the word, the Hebrew word for atonement. Atonement literally means to cover, cover. So literally that can be translated as the day of covering. That's when God covers the sins of the people from his eyes once and for all. It's on that day that covering for the sin can be provided. Now, when we look, dig deeper a little bit into Leviticus 16, we see that the very purpose of this day is really covering or atoning for the sin that was ever committed. For example, it is said to make atonement in that day. There is an atonement for Aaron and his house. We read that in verse 6. For the holy place and for the tent of the meeting. That's verses 15 and 17. For the altar. Well, I'm not sure if that's the right one here. But for the altar as well in the court. That's verses 18 and 19. And for all the congregation, verses 20 to 20 and 22 and 23. So the word atonement, you see how many times it was repeated for in that chapter over and over and over again. This is atonement for Aaron, for his household, for the tabernacle, for the altar, for the nation. This is the precise and only reason for that day for atonement and for covering. Amen? Amen? Again, the word Yom Kippur in Hebrew literally means the day of atonement or the day of covering. But the Talmud, which is like an expansion of the law of Moses, like people commentary on that, just calls it that day. That's how it's written there. Because this is how the Jews thought of that day. It is that day. When you say that day, People know that you're talking about the Day of Atonement because that's the one day that everybody knows this is that single most important day of the year. It's called that day. Amen? So that's uh, point number two. Point number three, why God gave all these um, instructions about the book of, uh, in the book of Leviticus about how the high priest can approach him. The background of that, we read it actually in the first two or two verses in Leviticus 16. So let's read it together. Leviticus 16, 1 to 2. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, and here is why. Let's read it together, that, that part together. After the death of two sons of Aaron, when they offered strange or profane fire before the Lord and died. And the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at just any time into the holy place. That's the holy of holies. Inside the veil, after that veil, before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, the furniture inside the holy of holies, lest what? Let he die. And then God said, for I will appear in the cloud above the Keep that phrase in mind. We'll talk about that later. What does that mean when we read throughout the chapter? But do you see what happened? We, see, we read that story in Leviticus chapter 10, okay? Aaron is Moses' brother. He had, I think, four sons. Two of them, Nadab and Abihu, approached God. And when they came closer to God, they offered to God strange fire. We'll talk about 
So let me give you here what's going on. So God commanded the high priest, we're going to read that as well. When they go into Holy of Holies to have a censer and put incense in it, and that incense will um, like produce a lot of smoke that should cover the whole Holy of Holies when the high priest goes all the way in, kind of like God is saying, you know, I want that smoke to separate us. I don't want you to see me that way. So the smoke is to separate the, the high priest from the Ark of the Covenant, which symbolized the presence of God, right? Now, it appears like in, in, in Leviticus chapter 10 that Nadab and Abihu, the two sons of Aaron, approached God, but God commanded that the coals that is put in the censer should be taken from the altar. It might be that they did not do that. They, did, they just offered their own fire. They wanted to come to God in their own terms, right? And what happened? God struck them dead. So in the light of that incidence, now God is speaking to Moses and Aaron, and he's making the rules, this regulation about how the high priest and the high priest only can enter into the Holy of Holies. So he say, when you, here is the rules. You cannot just come into the Holy of Holies in whenever you want. There's going to be ways, there's going to be rituals, there's going to be rules in order for you to approach me. Amen? Amen? We talked about this when we talked the whole sermon about how we have access to the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Are we thankful we don't have to have all these rituals anymore? It's because of the power of the blood of Jesus. We can always enter into the Holy of Holies and we can just purge in. Amen? Amen? Because of the power of the blood of Jesus. So that is the background. Here is why God is giving all these ceremonies and rituals because of what happened to the two sons of Aaron. Now, let's look into these rituals. How did the Day of Atonement work out? Amen? Amen? It looks like there is probably six stages. That Aaron, remember it's only Aaron who gets into the Holy of Holies, right? That Aaron has to go through in order to do all the rituals in that day. The first set of fruit, the first stage is that he gets ready so he can go into the Holy of Holies. That's verses 3 to 5. How does Aaron get ready? Here it is. Thus Aaron shall come into the holy place. Which with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering and of a ram as a burned offering, he shall uh, put a holy linen tonic and a linen trousers on his body. He shall be girded with a linen sash and with the linen turban he shall be attired. There are these are holy garments. Therefore he shall wash his body in water and put them on and he shall take uh, from the congregation of the children of Israel, two kids of goats as a sin offering and one as a ram, uh, one ram as a burned offering. So it's a little bit heavy here. So here's what's going on. The high priest, when we look, we're going to look into that in a minute. The way Aaron was dressed, we have a whole chapter in Exodus 28 about the dress, the, the garments that Aaron was wearing. It has gold. It has precious stones. It is just a beauty to behold, it is garment of beauty and just so precious. This is how he's dressed all year long. Amen? Amen. Except that one day, on the day of atonement, then what he does is he takes off all these garments that has the precious stones and the gold and all this beautiful garment that he's wearing. And then he needs to wash throughly. And then he needs to put on linen cloth, just white linen garment. That's it. And then... When he goes into the very holy of holies, he has to have in his hand blood of a bull and blood of a lamb, a ram. The bull is a sin offering and the ram is a burned offering. Amen. And before he goes inside, he has to set aside two goats, two kids of goats. Just 
choose them, put them aside, don't do anything with them right now, then just bathe, change your cloth, and make sure when you go inside the Holy of Holies, you have blood in your hand. Amen? First stage is clear? Okay, let's move to stage number two. Now, Aaron goes inside the Holy of Holies, but not to atone for the sins of the people, but to atone for his own sins. So, how many days in the year should the high priest go inside the Holy of Holies? One day a year, right? But how many times in that day should he get into the Holy of Holies? Two times. The first time he goes into the Holy of Holies to attain for his own sins and the sins of his household. And then after that, he comes out and then he goes back in to atone for the sins of the people. You guys follow me? Okay. So stage number two, Aaron atones for his own sins and the sins of his household. Verses 6 to 14. Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering, which is for who? Not for the people. This is for himself, right? And make atonement for who? Himself and his household. This is not the people yet. Aaron has to atone for his own sins first before he even think about atoning for the sins of the people. He shall take the two goats, that's the ones he set aside for the people, and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats. One lot for the Lord and the other is for the scapegoat or called Azazel. We'll talk about that next week. So he casts lots between the two goats, and whoever wants goes to, the, it's called, this is God's, that's the one he's going to kill, and the other one called the scapegoat that will live. And Aaron shall bring the goat on which the Lord's lot fell, and offer it as a sin offering, but the goat on which the lot fell on the scapegoat, he shall present it alive before the Lord, and make atonement, what? Upon it. We'll talk about that next week. It's very interesting. And um, to let it go as a scapegoat into the wilderness. So you guys see what's going on. Two goats, one will be killed and one will run away. Right? Verse 11. And Aaron shall bring the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for house. And he shall kill the bull as a sin offering, which is for, how many times himself here? You guys get it? This is, this is just for Aaron, right? And his household. Verse 12. Then he shall take... A censer full of burning coal from the where? The altar that is before the Lord. I think that's where Nadab and Abihu fell. They just brought coals in the censer, but it was not from the altar that is before the Lord. Amen? Amen. Um, the altar that is before the Lord, which is, which with his hands full of sweet incense beaten fine and bring it inside the veil and he shall put the incense on the fire before the Lord and the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the testimony lest he die. Remember in the Old Testament God told Moses you can't see me because if you see me you'll, you'll surely die. This is what God is doing here. He's just having Aaron having a censor when he goes in the first time with the blood to atone for himself for himself and his household, and he has to have coals from the altar, all right? And then he put incense on that coal, so the smoke will come and cover the whole Holy of Holies when he goes in, kind of a barrier, so he doesn't see the glory of God. It's the, the point, right? And then it says, make sure that the incense here will cover the mercy seat, lest he die. Go back with me to verse, I told you to keep that verse in mind, verse 2. When God told um, Moses and Aaron, for I will appear on the what? The cloud. Where is that cloud coming from? From the burning 
incense. You guys see? That is above the mercy seat. So you guys follow the, the idea so far? And God said, make sure he, he burned that incense that covered the mercy seat lest he die. I think the implication here is lest he die like Nadab and Abihu that just died because they offered strange fire and that fire was not the one I commanded to bring where the coals come from the altar. Amen? Amen. Do you see that approaching a holy God back then was a big deal? This is like complicated. This is not just let me pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you so much for Jesus. Nothing like that. You just be terrified if you're going to approach a holy God. He shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his fingers on the mercy seat on the east side. And before the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his fingers seven times. So he sprinkle, sprinkle it before on top the mercy seat seven times. You guys follow me? Yeah. Now, how many altars we have in the tabernacle? Let's, let's go back at the map. How many altars we have at the tabernacle? We have two altars, right? We have the one in the yard that is called the burned, uh, the, the burned offering altar. And then we have the incense altar inside the, the holy place. Now, which coals should uh, Aaron bring uh, the, the fire from? Where should he bring the coals to burn it in his uh, censer? Well, we don't know. It's, the Bible says it's from the altar before the Lord. I think when it says before the Lord, I think. It's more likely the incense altar inside the, the holy place because that's the altar in front of, before of, the holy of holies. But that's just my guess. I read so much commentaries yesterday. Each one just has their own opinion. Nobody tells you why they think it's that altar versus this altar. But, you know, some say it's the burnt altar. Some say it's the uh, incense altar. But at the end of the day, Aaron knew which one. I, I, I honestly don't, okay? So it's one of these altars was supposed to be uh, the right one. I think it's the incense altar. Uh, the author of Hebrews kind of made allusion to that, but this is a different story for a different time. That's why I'm thinking it's that one. So you guys follow the, the ritual so far, how Aaron get cleansed before God. Amen? He um, makes sure when he gets in, he has a censer in his hand with coals from the altar and put uh, incense on it so it, it burns, fills the Holy of Holies with smoke, and he makes sure there is blood in his hand because you cannot approach a holy and righteous God without blood. Amen? So and goes in. And he has the linen garment. The, yeah, the, whole, the, the linen garment, not his fancy garments. He just dressed very mildly with just linen garments, the, the white linen garment. Now, now Aaron finished atoning for his own sins before God. Amen? Now let's go to stage number three. Now Aaron is atoning for the people. So after he atones for himself, he goes out. And then, verse 15 and 17, then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering. Remember, there was two goats outside waiting, one for the Lord and one for Azazel, the scapegoat. So he goes out now, kill the one that filled for the Lord, the Lord's, the Lord's goat. And look at that, what it says after that, which is for the people. Do you see the first stage, stage number two is Aaron atoning for himself, right? Now Aaron is atoning for the people. Bring the blood inside the veil, the blood of the sin offering, the goat. Do with the blood as he did with the blood of the bull and sprinkle it on the mercy seat and before the mercy seat. So same, same story, pretty much. He goes out, get the blood from the sin offering for the people, go inside, sprinkle the blood in the same manner. Verse 16. So he shall make an atonement for who? For the Holy but wait, wasn't that an atonement for the people in verse 15? Yeah. 
But you see, it's almost synonymous. The way he atones, it's kind of like he atones for the sins of the people that is affecting the holy place. Kind of. That's what um, God is saying here. The sin of the people is, is affecting the presence of God. So he's making a covering for the sins of the people for the presence of God. Amen. So it's kind of like one offering, but it's, it's for both. It's the same thing. All right. And here is why he's making an atonement for the holy place. Because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgression for all, how many of their sins? All their sins. Okay, so remember when we talked about the sin offering. The sin offering was only for unintentional sin, right? But this offering is different. This is not just for unintentional sin. This is for every single sin. All sins that the children of Israel have committed. And so he shall do for the tabernacle of meeting, um, which remains among them in the midst of their uncleanness. So he need to cleanse the tabernacle by the blood of the goat when he goes in. It's, it's obviously symbolic. Um, there shall be no man. Look at this. This is important. There shall be what? No man in the tabernacle of meeting when he goes to make atonement for the holy place. How many people should be in the tabernacle on the day of atonement? The high priest, and that's it, right? How about the regular priest? Can a regular priest go in on the day? No, 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 no. Only the high priest is in the tabernacle, him and God. Amen? You guys start seeing the symbolic here, okay? Only the high priest and God figure out the salvation of man. Doesn't that sound familiar? Amen? All right. Uh, unless he comes out, um, that he may make atonement for himself, for his household, and for all the assembly of Israel. So when he goes in to make atonement for himself, Come back out, goes back in to make atonement for the sins of the people. It's only the high priest and God figuring out the salvation of the people. Does that ring a bell? Our high priest Jesus did the exact same thing. Him and God figured our salvation out. Amen. Now, now Aaron has atoned for the sins of the people. You guys follow the stages so far. For his thing, he's getting ready. Number two, he's atoning for his sins. Number three, he's atoning for the sins of the people. Now let's go to stage number four. And he's atoning for the altar. So how does it work? That's verse 18 and 19. And he shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord. Again, which altar is this? I don't know. I think it's the incense altar. He just Remember, he just went out from the, from the holy place, right? From the holy of holies. But I don't know if it's the, um, the altar of the burnt offering or the incense altar. And he make atonement for it. So he's making atonement for the altar. And he shall take some of the blood of the, of the bull and some of the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar all around. Then he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his fingers uh, seven times, cleanse it, and consecrate it from the uncleanness of that children of Israel. Amen. So the first stage, he atoned, he cleansed himself and his household. Number two, he did the tabernacle, which is synonymous to the people. And number three, he atoned for the altar. You guys follow the ritual so far, right? Number, stage number five. Now, remember there was two goats, right? One fell for the Lord and the other one is just waiting out there, right? So now he's going out to that last goat. And here's verse 18 and 19. Now, um, Verses 22-22. And when he has made an end of atoning um, for the holy place, the tabernacle of meeting, and the altar, the holy, the, the holy place, the tabernacle of meeting, which is the tabernacle of meeting, and the altar, he shall bring the life goat. Aaron shall lay both his hands, both his hands, um, 
on the life God confess over it how many all the sins of the people do you see that this is not just for particular unintentional sin this is when the all the sins of the people are being atoned for amen and he shall send it away into the wilderness by a hand of a suitable man. The gold shall bear on itself. This is God. The gold shall bear on itself all the iniquity, uh, all the iniquities to an uninhabited land. And he shall release the goat into the wilderness. So that's stage number five. You guys follow so far? Did I lose you? Good. Because too bad if I lose you, I still have a lot to say. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, this is the last final uh, ceremonial um, stage. This is, now the goat is gone. The, the, the scapegoat has, is out of the way. Now, this is how kind of like Aaron goes back to normal, okay? So verses 30, 23 to 28. And Aaron shall come into the tabernacle of meeting, shall take off the linen garment. Remember, all day he's wearing this linen garment, right? Now he takes off the linen garment, which he put on to go into the holy place, and he shall leave them there, and he shall wash his body with water in a holy place, put, it on, uh, put on his garments. Now this is the glory garments, the regular garments that he wears every day. Come out and offer his burnt offering and... Um, his burnt offering and the burnt offering for the people and make atonement for himself and for the people as well. So this is now not a sin offering, just a burnt offering. Kind of thank you, God, for what you have done for me and for uh, the children of Israel. Amen. Amen. Uh, verse 26. And um, he who released the goat as a scapegoat shall wash his clothes as well, bathe his body in water, and afterward he may come into the camp. The bull... Uh, for the sin offering, remember in the very beginning he had a bull for the sin offering, right? That's the bull that he used its blood to go into the very holy of holies to atone for himself. That's stage number two. You guys remember that? The bull for his sin offering and the goat for the sin offering, the, the one for himself and one for the people, whose blood was brought to make atonement in the holy places shall be carried outside the camp and they shall be burned within the fire, their skin, their flesh, and their offal, then he who burns them shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterward he may come into the camp. And that's it. That's pretty much the rituals of the day. Complicated? That's a lot. It's a busy day. It's a busy day. Now, let me just um, show you that verse. If you actually turn with me to the very last page, I want to show you one verse first. Um, If you look under number two, Hebrews 9.12, if you can, I want to point out Hebrews 9.12 here for you for one minute, okay? And then we'll go back to it. Hebrews 9.12 talking about Jesus, okay? And here is what the author of Hebrews say. He did not enter, okay, to the Holy of Holies, just like the high priest. In the context, the author of Hebrews is comparing Christ as our high priest versus the high priest in the Old Testament. He did not enter by means of blood, uh, of the blood of goats and calves, Bull and goat, remember? That's what the high priest used to do in the Old Testament. But he entered into the most holy place once and for all by his own blood. Okay, think about that. The author of Hebrews is saying that Jesus, as our high priest, unlike the high priest of the Old Testament, did not go into the Holy of Holies with blood of goats and calves, bulls, but he entered with his own blood. What does that tell us? That there is actually two symbolism in the day of atonement. There is two different representation of Christ here. 
Number one, Jesus entered into the holy place as a high priest, right? So in a way, the author of Hebrews is telling us that the high priest in the book of Leviticus chapter 16 is a type of Christ, right? Because he's saying the high priest used to enter into the Holy of Holies, so Christ entered into the Holy of Holies. So the high priest himself is a type of Jesus. But there's also another type in the Day of Atonement. When Jesus entered into the Holy of Holies, he did not enter with a different blood. He entered with his own blood. So the author of Hebrews is also telling us that the sacrifices also that was offered in the Day of Atonement is also a type of the sacrifice of Christ. You guys see that? So there's two different types here in that. That's why we went through that ritual in like details because this is good. It's very important for us to understand. And the, the point here is this. Both the high priest and the sacrifices that was offered that day, each one of these two, in a way, is a type and a picture of Christ. That's what the author of Hebrews was saying. You guys follow me so far? Good, good. Well, that was the introduction. Let me start preaching now. <laughs> All right, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to take two weeks or three weeks just to, un we just, I know we spend a lot of time and we might run over my half an hour self-imposed limit that I like to stick to, but this is good, okay, and we need to understand it, all right? So um, it, that, we're going to talk about how the high priest is a type of Christ, that will be this week. Next week, we're going to talk about the sacrifices, how is that a type of Christ, and then I just want to highlight some of the points in that ceremony that is not really like, it's not a topic by itself. So we'll see how much material we need to cover next week. We might finish the whole thing next week, or we might finish it um, like next week and the week after. So we might take two or three weeks just to um, unwrap Leviticus 16. Amen? Amen? So the high priest is a type of Christ. Hey, you didn't let me preach last week. You got to pay for it somehow. I'm going <laughs> to do double time this, uh, this week. So the high priest is a picture of Christ. But the thing about the high priest of the Old Testament, he was a mere human, right? He was just a human being like you and me, only just as a human as you and I, right? But he's representing Christ, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Amen? Amen. And because of that, there is so many limitations of that type. Aaron, when he's representing Christ, he's representing some aspect, but he really incapable of representing really who Christ is and what he has done. Amen? So we're going to see that there are some similarities between Aaron as the high priest being a type of Jesus being our high priest, but there's also some contrast because of the limitation and inabilities of Aaron as just a mere human being like you and me. Amen? So let's highlight some of these similarities and some of these contrasts, and then we'll go home. Number one, let's go with the similarities. The high priest will put his glory aside on that day, right? Remember, if you, I encourage you to go back home, read Exodus 28, or Google like the, the picture of the high priest cloth, it, the way he dresses his garment. It is just gorgeous. It has all sorts of precious stones. They have the press plate for the high priest that has 12 precious stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And there's like gold, I think, woven throughout the garment. And this is just how they dress every single day. All beautiful, symbolic of who Jesus is and his glory. Amen? But on that day of atonement, listen to me, on that day of atonement, well, that's the high priest how he would dress. But the average priest will not dress like that. The average priest will dress like linen. Okay, that's just linen garment, very simple, right? So the high priest cloth is far more sophisticated and prettier than the priest linen um, cloth, the garment. Amen? But on that day, 
For in order for the high priest to go into the Holy of Holies, the high priest doesn't go in with his garment of glory, right? He takes all of this off and he wears simple garment of linen, a turban of linen, and a sash of linen, and just everything is just simple and nothing sophisticated about it. Amen? Now, I don't know about you. Does that ring a bell to anybody at all about Jesus, our high priest? Look at Philippians 2, 6 to 8. Look at this. We talked about this before. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to claim his rights as equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and being in the likeness of man. He, uh, and being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient even to the point of death, the death of the cross. Do you see that? In order for the high priest to go all the way in into the holy of holies and atone for the sins of the people, he need to lay his glory aside. Amen? And so did Jesus, our high priest. Amen? In order for him to go to the cross to atone for our sins, to be the perfect high priest and the perfect sacrifice, he also laid his glory aside and he came down very humbly to be the high priest who will provide atonement for our sins. Amen? Amen. But number two, the high priest will wear just a little of garment, right? And that's pretty much the standard Levitical garment. That's what the priest will, will, will uh, wear, right? In a way, the high priest, when he goes in, he will be just like his brethren. Amen? Isn't that what the author of Hebrew told us about Jesus? Precisely this is how Jesus atoned for our sins. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. And as much as then the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and release those that because of the fear of death lived all their lives in bondage. Amen? When Jesus went to that cross, he was just like you and me. And as much as we were flesh and blood, he also became flesh and blood. Amen? Amen. And this is precisely the picture that we see in the high priest in the Old Testament, laying aside his glory and becoming just like his fellow priests. Amen? Amen. And honestly, can I only imagine Jesus being in heaven. And on the day of atonement, every year, every year in the day of atonement, he sees the, the high priest going in, taking his garments, putting his garments off, and just being so humble and going ready to go inside the Holy of Holies to atone for the sins of the people. And I can only imagine Jesus looking up down from heaven. He say, yep, that will be me. I'm going to do that in just a few more years. Amen? But I'm not going to let my garment aside. I'm going to put my True glory aside, and I'm going to come down as humble as possible so I can atone for the sin of the people. Amen? Amen. But number three, only the high priest provided the atonement, the propitiation. We talked about the word propitiation before. Do you, do you remember what it is? It's when there is a, a God who's holy and he's, his wrath is is, is ignited against the sin of the people and he's about to kill people, destroy people because of their sins. And then there's a gift offered to God or something that kind of upeased his wrath. That's the word propitiation. Upeasing the wrath of a God who's angry with his people because they have sinned against him. Amen? 
And that's precisely the whole point of the Day of Atonement. That's when God provides covering for the sin of the people. So God doesn't destroy his people because of their sins. Amen? When the high priest go inside all, all the way into the Holy of Holies, sprinkle the blood onto the mercy seat. In a way, he's covering the sin of the people by blood. Amen? Amen. And that's the purpose of the Day of Atonement. But remember, when we were reading that chapter, how many people were allowed in the tabernacle that day? Only one. Nobody else can go into the tabernacle to atone for their own sins. Amen? But what if you're really sorry? What if you really, really, really want God to forgive you for what you have done? Should you try to go in and try to do something about it with God? It's not your job. It's only the high priest who's able to do that. Amen? That's why we read even in verse 30. For on that day, who? The priest. Verse 30. The priest shall make atonement for you. You don't want to make atonement for yourself. You don't try to approach God. The priest will make atonement for you to cleanse you that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. Amen? Amen. Now I want to tell you something. There is people that still, even up till today, they're still trying to approach a holy and a righteous God in their own merits. Amen? They're still trying to do good works so God can be pleased with them. They're still trying to do good works to offset the wrath of God over their sins. Right? But the Bible is clear. You cannot make yourself right with God. Amen? All what you have to do is just come to God through our high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. And his blood is sufficient to appease the wrath of God over your sins once and for all. Amen? Amen. All what you have to do is just rest and let the high priest do his job. Trust him and he will provide that atonement for you. Amen? Amen. Romans 3.24 Being justified, how much? Freely. How much work do you need to do to, to have freely? Nothing, right? Freely. By his grace. But how? How come it's free? Because Jesus paid for it. Here it is. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Because Jesus paid for that atonement. Now you can have salvation free. Amen? So number three, only the priest provides the atonement for the people. But number four, the priest, the priest provides atonement for... All who sinned. It doesn't matter how bad the sin is. The priest still can attune to that through the blood that he used to enter into the Holy of Holies. Amen? Amen. Does that ring a bell to you? First John 2, 2. And he, who's he? Jesus, our high priest. Amen? He himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not only our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus' blood is sufficient to provide atonement for every sin was ever committed throughout the history of mankind. Amen? Amen. You guys see the type here? Yeah. This is the similarities. Now let's go to the contrast. Amen? Now I'm going to highlight, there's multiple, but I'm going to highlight four contrasts. Number one, the high priest in the Old Testament, in the story in Leviticus 16, entered into the Holy of Holies how many times in, in that day? Twice. Why twice? Because number one, he's a sinner, right? He needs to be atoned for before a holy and a righteous God. And once his sins are figured out, then he can atone for the sins of the people, right? Him and his family, exactly. And then the people of the children of Israel. And not only that, remember God told him that he need to bathe, wash before he put on the linen cloth? 
Actually, the word wash here in Hebrew is not just like, you know, you're going to wash your hand and feet and just like wash from dust. Literally means like cleanse yourself. It is the same throughout wash that we read about when the leper is being cleansed because the leper, again, is a sinner. Remember that type? So it's the same throughout cleansing because the high priest in the Old Testament is just a sinner like everybody else, right? He also committed sins against God. He also need atonement before the holy and the righteous God. Amen? Amen. Ready for some good news? Not so our Jesus. Amen? Now, Jesus didn't go into the Holy of Holies twice. Jesus did not need to be washed before he go into the presence of God. Amen? Hebrews 7, 27. Read this with me. Unlike, look at this. Unlike the other sinners, other human earthly high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own, and then for the sins of the people. The author of Hebrews say that the, 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 the Old Testament high priest can do that because he's a sinner. But unlike them, Jesus never committed a sin. Amen? He sacrificed for, for the sins, not his own sins, for other sins. And he did it how many times? Once and for all when he offered himself. So how many times did Jesus need to enter into the holy place to atone for our sins? One time, not twice, like the other high priest, he entered only once. Why did Jesus enter only once? Because he doesn't need to atone for his sins, because he never committed sin. Amen? This is good. Amen? But number two, the high priest entered with another blood. We, we highlighted that verse right earlier. The high priest, when he goes into the Holy of Holies, he's bringing the blood of bull, goats and the, the blood of bull and enter with that blood into the presence of God. But not so is our Jesus. Amen. Hebrews 9, 12. He did not enter by means of blood of goats and calves, just like the high, the high priest in the Old Testament, but he entered to the most holy places once and for all. How? By his own blood, thus obtaining a yearly redemption. Amen? No, eternal. eternal redemption. Right? Not a yearly redemption like the high priest of the Old Testament. He obtained eternal redemption. Why? Why did the high priest obtain a yearly redemption, by, but Jesus obtained eternal redemption? You know why? It all comes down to that. The blood. What kind of blood are you using to atone for the people? Amen? When you offer insufficient blood, then you have to do it over and over and over again. Amen? Amen. But hallelujah to the blood of Jesus. His blood is sufficient once and for all. You don't need any more sacrifices after that. Amen? Amen. But number three. The Old Testament high priest entered into holies of holies made by hand. But Jesus entered into heaven itself versus uh, Hebrews 9 24 for Christ did not enter the holy places made with hands like the Old Testament high priest which are copies of the true things but into heaven itself not to a symbolic presence of God Jesus entered into the literal presence of God you guys follow me but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us amen? amen the high priest just cannot match up with that nobody can amen but amen. thank you thank you jesus for his blood for him being our great high priest amen? amen but number four the high priest offered only limited propitiation but jesus offered eternal propitiation 
The high priest has to do it every day and every year. Why? Because he's offering insufficient blood. But let's look at the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 9, 25 to 26. Not that he should offer himself often. That's the Lord Jesus. He doesn't need to offer himself often. Remember, he's the high priest and the sacrifice. So he doesn't need to offer himself often as a sacrifice. As the high priest entered the most holy place every year with the blood of another. But here's the difference about Jesus. He then would have, if he would have been as insufficient as the high priest in the Old Testament, he would have to have to suffer often since the foundation of the world. Amen? But thank God that he's not. Amen? But now, how many times? Once. Just how many times? Once. How many times? I'm not hearing you. How many times? Once at the end of the age, he has appeared to put away sin once and for all by the sacrifice of himself. Amen? Amen. It's all because of the power that is in the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. How many works, how much effort should a person do to be cleansed before God on the day of atonement in the Old Testament? All what you have to do is just rely on the high priest and on the blood. That's what atones for your sins. Amen? Amen? Why don't you do that today? Let's close our eyes and pray.